Welcome to the Restore Church Sermons podcast. We're so glad you joined us here today. We hope that through this message, you are encouraged, challenged, and strengthened. If you want to know more about Jesus, Restore Church, or have any questions, please head to restorechurch.com.au. The characteristic that I think is often overlooked, but, it, but it's a characteristic that I think will make you most useful. Um, useful to God, to be used by God, useful to your family, useful to your friends, um, to be a blessing to those around you, to be a blessing, to be useful to your boss and your co-workers, um, to be a useful person. Are you interested in knowing what that is? Anyone want to take a guess? Jesus, good job. No. Um, so I believe that the ultimate usefulness is faithfulness. I believe that the ultimate usefulness is faithfulness, loyalty, commitment, being trustworthy. I believe that that is actually such a key characteristic and that's such an important thing. Now, faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit, right? If you read through Galatians, in, in Galatians 5, it talks about the fruits of the Spirit. Who knows the fruits of the Spirit? Just shout them out. Come on, Christians. Great job, guys. Extra points in heaven for those yelling it out. Um, fruit of the Spirit. And I think faithfulness is one of those fruits of the Spirit that's kind of like the forgotten fruit a little bit. We talk a lot about love and joy and peace and patience. We talk about those things a bit, but faithfulness is probably right up there next to goodness. It's one of those ones that we're like, is that faithfulness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control, right? You just kind of like mumble it along. It's one of those ones that I don't think we, we, we talk about a lot. Um, it's a bit meh. And I think I was thinking, this is, does anyone have weird thoughts in the shower? Like you just have odd thoughts. Yeah, well, I do that not just in the shower. I do that most of the time. So um, I was walking the other day and I was thinking, you know, what about if the, if, what if the fruits of the Spirit were actual fruit? What fruits would they be, right? Anyone else have weird thoughts like that? Yeah, that's just me, okay. Um, I, think, I think love, I'm going to tell you what I think, okay. I think love would be a strawberry, because, not just because it's red and it's heart-shaped, but because everybody loves love and everybody loves strawberries. You put strawberries out, everyone's like, oh, yes, delicious, and you taste them. They're just good all over, right? They're great. Does anyone not like strawberries? Erica, come on. Erica, do you love love? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Strawberries, right? And, and strawberries, uh, like love can be romantic and, and strawberries can be romantic. You know, you can't feed a chocolate covered strawberry to someone and just be friends, right? Like it's, it's a very intimate thing, right? Strawberries. So strawberries would be love. I think joy would be something like a mango or like a pineapple or something, like something just summery and bright and just yum. And you're just like, yes, like lots of life attached to it, right? I think patience, this, this is a tricky one. I think patience would be maybe like a dragon fruit. Anyone eaten a dragon fruit? Hey, who's seen a dragon fruit? Yeah, they're like so cool looking, right? You see it in the shop, you're like, what is that? I want to eat that. That's amazing. And so you take it home and you cut it open and you eat it and you're like, yeah, okay. And it's a bit hard to swallow. Like they're not actually that great. They're a bit, they're a bit yuck. And so, um, so that would be a dragon fruit because I feel like the same with patience. We all see patience. We're like, yes, I want to be a more patient person. Yes, bring it to me. And then when you actually get into it, you're like, oh, this sucks. I don't want to be more patient. Like, this is hard, right? So that would be a dragon fruit. But I think faithfulness, I think faithfulness would be an apple, okay? An apple because it's just a bit, it's not yuck, but it's not, it's just meh. It's just like, yeah, okay, it's an apple. Like if you, if you go to a, a grazing board, who likes grazing boards? Man, I love those things. Jeremy Williams knows how to throw a good one. Uh, Jeremy, Jess Williams, sorry. I'm looking at you and saying... You're one flesh, it's all the same. Um, so uh, J- Jess loves putting on a good grazing board. And, and when you're at a grazing board, you know, you don't see sliced apples there and be like, oh, sick. And you just take as many as you can and hope that no one else takes them, right? You do that with the donuts, you do that with the, the strawberries, you do that with other things. But the apples are like, 
they're probably like the last thing to get grazed on, right, next to the black licorice. They're just kind of there. you just like, you know what I mean? Like, there's just an apple. Um, and I feel like faithfulness is a little bit like that because it's kind of this overlooked quality. It's kind of like, it's actually really important and super helpful thing, I think, but we, we don't tend to prioritize it as much as we talk about these other fruits of the Spirit. You know, I, how, who can think of the last time that you actually intentionally tried to work on being a more faithful person? Like, I don't think I have. I haven't really thought about it. And so, and so I think this is one of those overlooked fruits. And I believe that faithfulness, even though it's overlooked, even though it's something we maybe don't think about a lot, but I believe that faithfulness will actually change your world. I believe that faithfulness is actually critically important and that it's actually, it's actually this characteristic, it's this, it's this thing that's actually becoming scarcer in our society as a value. I think that faithfulness is something that we, we long for in other people, right? But, but we don't tend to prioritize it in ourselves that much. You know, we, we want faithful friends. That's one of the first things you look for in a friend is you want to make sure it's someone who's going to be there. You want a faithful spouse. You look for that in your spouse. You, bosses are looking for faithful employees who are going to be there, who they're going to be committed. We look for that in other people, but how often do I actually look at myself and be like, I, I need to work on being more faithful for people, right? I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't tend to do that. And so and, and it's, it's kind of the situation we're in. I did a little bit of research um, with McCrindle. McCrindle, who's checked out McCrindle? They have some cool stuff in there. It's like you can get lost down the rabbit hole in that place. Um, so I was looking at McCrindle in, in terms of careers, and they say this, Australia's job mobility is a long way from job for life. In fact, it's closer to three jobs per decade. So like if this plays out, if someone like roughly starts out at the age of 17 and finishes, like retires at 75, you'll have, they say you'll have about 17 different employers um, based on three jobs before upskilling or career changing, which means that you'll probably have around five separate career changes in your lifetime. That's where we're up to right now. So that's not just like a job change, that's like a whole career change, which is crazy. And so they say the average tenure right now in a job, so the, the average length that you stick at a job is about 3.3 years. So that's like the average, which is crazy. So, so it's kind of just changing all the time. And, and you kind of see that when resumes come through, it's like people have a lot of different experiences, not just like one big chunk of like, yeah, I've done this for 25 years, right? And, uh, and that's kind of the way it's changing. And I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad thing. If you ask my, my nan and pop, they'd be like, that is terrible. What is wrong with our society these days, right? They don't talk like that exactly. But, um, but it's, it's just kind of becoming, there's a shift and it's kind of changing. And so loyalty to your, to your career is actually probably a lot less important than it used to be. And I think employers actually like reward people less for loyalty. It's like not as big of a, a value. And this isn't just in, in careers, but, but, um, but I think like this plays out in so much of our society these days. You know, we see divorce rates are climbing higher and higher and people are getting divorced for the craziest reasons. Like they just, it just get, they're just like, oh, I just, let's just get divorced today. Or, you know, I have friends who, who um, they, 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 uh, they, they will go to get married and they, they even say that, well, if it doesn't work out, we'll just get divorced. It's just like, there's, it's not really a thing anymore. It's just like, oh, we'll just do that. Whereas when I wanted to marry Hannah, I was thinking like, this is it for life. Like it wasn't an option for me. And so we, we see this as like, even faithfulness in terms of spouses is meaningless. And, and it's kind of just changing. You know, Christians can change churches as often as they change their socks, right? You can go to a new church, especially here in Castle Hill. There's a church on like every corner. It's, they're everywhere, right? And, and, I don't, I, and, and this is kind of the, the world that we're in where we're, I think we're valuing faithfulness less and less. But it's actually so important. It's actually such an incredible thing. And if you are a faithful person, you'll find that blessing actually follows your life. I think we're kind of losing our ability just to simply stick at things. Like that doesn't sound very fun, 
but, it, but it's actually such a crucial thing to actually be a person that just sticks at things. You know, I feel like if it gets tough or if we get bored, we just move on and that's that. But there's actually such a, an important thing with, with learning to stick at things. Um, I remember Pastor Phil Pringle from C3 one time said this thing and it stood out to me. He said, I think our culture has an addiction to novelty, right? Well, we're addicted to the new, to the, the next thing. We always are wanting something fresh and exciting. And, you know, faithfulness is, is boring. Faithfulness, like no one wants to do the same thing over and over and over again. That's not very exciting, but, but we love something fresh. We love something new. And so we're kind of always chasing this novel thing, right? And, and, and that's actually not really a healthy addiction. That's not actually a good thing in our society. See, I believe that God is wanting to raise up His people to be faithful. He's wanting to raise up His people to be reliable, to be trustworthy, to be people that can take responsibility, people that, that others can count on, to be people that are stable, that you know what you get. I believe that that's what God is wanting from His church, that, that we could actually represent that to others. And it doesn't mean that you're boring and you stick at the same job for your entire life, but that you're actually a person. It's more than that. It's that you're a person others can count on. It's you're a person that people can trust. I believe that God is wanting that for us. You know, if you've ever had a pet, you know you have to learn to be a faithful carer, right? Or your pet will literally die. That's pretty much my story. Um, my brother, I remember, I'll tell my brother's story because it's not me. So my brother, um, he had a pet mouse and uh, he actually had two of them and, and he really wanted them and he's a bit absent-minded. My brother and my dad's like, I don't know if it's a good idea. You've you got to take care of him. He's like, I will, I'll take care of him. And he continually forgot to feed him. Like, my mom and dad would have to do it. I would have to do it. And one time we went and checked on the mice. And, um, this is, and so one of the mice is sitting on top of the other mice. And it's not what you think. And he's sitting on top and he's like eating out its brain. Like he's literally like eating the hole through its head and just like eating its brain like a zombie. It was disgusting. And so me and my brother, <coughs> like we're like walking in the room. We're like, what is going on? And it was so hungry that it ate its buddy. It just like got so hungry it ate its mate. It's just like, yeah, sweet. This is going to be great. And so... My brother, even though that mouse was still alive, my brother was so scared of it. He was like, get rid of that thing, it's demonic. Like, and so we, we couldn't have this mouse anymore. So I don't know how we got rid of it because I don't know how you kill a zombie. But we got rid of this, we got rid of this mouse and we could, my brother couldn't be, take care of it. But yeah, all right. And all of that to say um, that, that with faithfulness, you know, it, there are actually consequences if, we, if we're not faithful. Like that's a pretty extreme example, right? But there are actually consequences when we're not faithful. There's blessing when we are faithful and there's consequences when we're not. And we see that throughout Scripture, right? We see that in Scripture, Daniel is this guy who's faithful to God. Daniel was faithful to God when they were captured, that, that he continued to stay faithful to God and, and God actually blessed him. That, that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego got thrown in the fiery furnace, but they stayed faithful to God. And, and they were rescued and this incredible miracle happened and, and the heart of the king was actually turned and, and David was thrown in the lion's den, but he stayed faithful. You know, David was actually like 90 something years old when he was thrown in the lion's den. I always imagined him to be like a 16 year old kid, but he's like, he's still going through all of this persecution even when he's 90 years old, but he's still staying faithful to God. And, and, and God blessed that. And we're still talking about his story today. You look at the life, life of Joseph, like here's a guy who no matter what situation he keeps getting thrown into, he stays faithful to God. And God blesses him and he keeps getting raised up to a position of authority no matter where he is because he's trustworthy, because he's faithful, because he's reliable, because he continues to do the best with what he has. And he's this guy that God blesses and he ends up becoming second in charge over all of Egypt. And he's actually able to save Israel at the time. Like God rewarded his faithfulness. We see that in David. David has these moments where when he's younger, he's, he's running for his life and he stays faithful to God and he actually even stays faithful to the king who's trying to kill him. 
and God honors that and blesses that. And then David becomes one of the best kings we've ever had. But then you see later in David's life, he actually becomes unfaithful and there's massive consequences because of that. And so there's, there's this thing where, where God blesses faithfulness. We see it in Abraham and in Noah and Esther and in Ruth. We see it in all of these stories where, where God honors faithfulness and rewards it. And then people that aren't faithful and, 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 uh, and betray God or, or, or lose it or whatever, there's, there's consequences that follow that. Does that make sense? The list goes on and on. You can read through Old Testament to New Testament, you'll see this is a consistent thing. There were so many scriptures about faithfulness that I, didn't, I can't chuck them all in here today. But I think if you want to be a useful person, if you want to be someone that is actually a blessing to those around you, be a faithful person. Be a person who is, who is committed. Be a person who is reliable. You know, faithfulness goes, goes hand in hand with being trustworthy. Sometimes we almost use it as the same word, but, but faithfulness is actually this, is so linked to, to trustworthiness. Like you, if you're a faithful person, if you're someone people could count on, you're going to be someone that people can trust. And, and that trust is handed over to you. Like it's something that is earned because you've, you've deserved it, because you're actually someone who's there, right? You're a stable person. And, 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 and because of that, because of that trust, like faith, faithfulness breeds trust. And, and it also brings responsibility. You know, that, that Jesus says, if you are faithful in the little things, you will be faithful with much and I can be, you can be trusted with much. That, that faithfulness actually not only breeds trust, but it brings responsibility that people will actually wanna give you responsibility just because you're faithful. I believe that faithfulness is the ultimate usefulness because if you stick at something long enough, you're gonna be the only person left, right? And you're gonna have to be chosen because it's, you're there, right? It doesn't sound very exciting, but you don't have to be the most talented person you don't have to have the best resume, but if you stay committed, you're going to be chosen, you're going to be picked, and you're going to be used. And, and it's such a, such a crucial, very unsexy quality, but it's, but it's actually so helpful, and it's such a blessing to other people, and it's actually a blessing to your life. You know, often when I'm looking for new team members, when I'm looking for, for leaders, when I'm looking for people that I can hand over responsibility to, I'm looking for people who are faithful. I'm looking for people who are committed. I'm not always looking for the most talented people. Because often the most talented people are the most flaky, right? They, because they haven't ever had to learn how to push through in anything because it's just, it's natural talent. It's, it's all been given. And so they just kind of ride on that. And then when it gets hard or when there's other things come up, they're gone. And so I, I look for faithful people way more than I look for, for talented people because it's, it, I'm looking for the people who are always there, who are consistent, who, and I'm like, I know that this person's going to be there. And I know that when I ask them to do something, it's going to get done. And I know that if I hand them over this thing, they're going to take care of it. And, and that's what God wants for us because that plays into our, our entire lives. Not just here at church, but in your workplace, in your family, in your, with your friends. You know, it, it's such an important thing. Be someone that people can count on. Be someone that people can count on in your friendships, in your work, in your marriage, in your walk with God. God can... God can trust you with things because, because he can count on you because you've, you've proven yourself. You know, I think um, we, we've all had friends, right, who you have some friends who will, you know, say yes to something, but you know there's still like only a 40% chance that they're going to show up, right? And then you have other friends who when they say yes, you're like, well, that's so awesome. I know this person's going to be there, right? Be the latter person. Like, I, I want to be the latter person. I want to be the person that when, when people, when I say yes to something, People know that I'm there. People know they can count on me. And when I say no to something, people know that actually means something. To be, to be like that, um, we'll get into that a little bit in a sec. But 
I think one of the best things in terms of just your relationship with Jesus and in terms of being here in this church community and growing with God and growing with others in this place, I think one of the best things that you could ever do and the best advice I've ever had is just show up. Just show up. Every single Sunday, every single Friday if you're at youth, at your connect groups, just be a person who's consistent and just shows up no matter what's going on. I found that this is, this is my story, like this is kind of where this came out of is, is uh, this message is I was thinking about my life and I was actually thinking about the lives of some of my friends. I have quite a few friends who've, who've fallen away from God, who are passionate and, and leading in our youth ministry and different things, but they're, now they're actually not even with God at all, right? And, and so I'm thinking, what, what was it that, that kind of kept me? Like, I think there's a few things, but I think one of the biggest thing is that I just kept coming to church. And I just kept going to youth group and I kept going to connect group on a Wednesday night and I'd go to prayer meeting on once, every two, uh, once a month on Tuesdays and I would just keep going to these things. And, and then I think I still had some of the same struggles and same doubts as my friends, but I didn't leave to go and work those things out. I actually just stayed and, and I actually found other people in church who were wrestling with the same stuff and I was actually able to work this stuff out in a healthy place. And, then, and there was times where I, had, where I had hidden stuff in my life and secret sin that I didn't want anyone to know about. And there was every part of me didn't want to go to church on a Sunday because I felt ashamed and I felt like that other people wouldn't want to know me if they knew what was going on in my life. And, and I, I've had this stuff, but, but I kept going, even, even, though I, even though I was terrified of being there sometimes. And then, then when it kind of all came out with, with certain people, they, they showed me just this crazy love and they love me regardless of all this stuff in my life and that would that set me free and so I think there's this thing like the to not to not quit to like going to church is actually such an incredible thing I think so often we belittle it and you know you don't have to go to church to be a Christian and I'm like yes and no but like technically yes but like I don't know why you wouldn't want to be in the house of God like I think that this is this is something that is so simple but has actually helped me incredibly just to be at church on a Sunday every Sunday it's, the, it's not a legalistic thing. It's not that I check a box thing and, and I'm getting into heaven thing. It's that this has been such a crucial part of my life. And, and I'm so thankful that I was faithful to this thing. And, and, I, and I'm not actually saying this to, to blow my own trumpet or toot my own horn or whatever that expression is. But I actually think it's, it's a big part of what my, my parents taught me because my parents modeled this. And my, my parents aren't perfect and they have made mistakes and, and all sorts of stuff. But but. They, we would always go to church on a Sunday and they were always very involved. They would always be serving. We, it was so annoying because no matter where we went, like we went to a few, we went to, most, most of my life was at this one church where we moved to the States for a few years and we went to a church there. And no matter where we were, we were always just super involved. And it was like, we were always the last to leave on a Sunday and the first to get there. And as a kid, you're like, come on. But, um, but I'm actually so thankful for that now because they just instilled that in me. And so in those moments where I didn't feel like going to church, where I didn't even know if I was following God anymore, where I was wrestling with all this stuff, it was just part of my life that this is just something I'm going to do. And, I, and I'm so thankful for that because it's, it's, it's because we're, that's where I am today. So I think for you to, to teach that to others around you, to, to learn that yourself, just, just commit to being here every chance you can. Don't let anything else get in the way. I think so often that, that this is one of the first things to drop off right, when, when something else comes up, that, that church is often the first thing to kind of go. We'll prioritize other things over it. But I encourage you to prioritize this, prioritize being here with, with each other, that we could help one another. In Acts 2.42, this is the early church. This is the very first 
church. This is where it all started. And, they, and it says this in Acts 2, verse 42. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Adrian kind of pointed this out to me recently, but it says all the believers devoted themselves, right? They actually chose to be there themselves. It wasn't that they had to be there. It wasn't other people were pulling them along. But all the believers devoted themselves to continually showing up for fellowship, showing up for teaching, showing up to worship together, showing up to, to be with one another. And I think that's such an important thing that that's actually what the church was birthed out of, was this faithfulness to each other, was this commitment to one another. I think one of the best things you can do is just get planted, plant yourself in the house of God. I think so many of us, and, and we see so many people that, that would rather be a pot plant, right? Because a pot plant, you can kind of decorate it. But you can, what's great about it is you can pick it up and you can move it somewhere else and put it down, right? And so I think a lot of us are kind of like that. We'd just rather be a pot plant where we're mobile, we can kind of bounce around. But I think that's, that's, God actually wants us to be planted in the house of God. Because when you have a storm outside, if it was windy last week, the first plants to fall over in your yard are the pot plants, right? Because they don't have anything. Like they're, they're littler and they don't have their roots going very deep at all. And they just get knocked over. But the, but the trees that, are, that have grown into the ground, that have let their roots grow deep, that it doesn't matter what season comes, they stand, right? And we can be that together, that we can actually have our roots go deep in this place and intertwine with each other's lives, and it's messy, and it's uncomfortable, and there's going to be hard seasons where most of us will want to quit, but we can be here together and see, see it through every season because we're planted in the house of God. I think that is such an, an incredible and such a blessing that, that we can have, to have the opportunity to do that here with one another. So don't be a pot plant. Be a, be a tree that plants its, its roots deep in the ground. You know, we were, we were reading this verse the other night in our, after youth group, and I think one of the guys said something just like jokingly. We, we all say it, just like, I swear on my mother's grave. And then we're like, what does that even mean? Like, swearing on your mother's grave? I don't fully understand that expression. But we were talking about it, and it, and it sparked me remembering this verse that I was just reading that week in James. And it, and it says this in James 5 verse 12. It says, above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. And then we were talking about it. I was like, why is that like? Because I didn't fully understand it. I've heard that verse before. I'm like, why is it bad to like swear by those things or like to say it like that? And Kate had a really good point. She was like, well, like, isn't it better to be a person who, when you say yes, people, that's all you need to say, right? Instead of a person who's like, I swear, I promise, like, and you're just like begging this person to trust you. But your word actually doesn't mean a whole lot. And so you have to swear on all these other things so they can be, okay, I'll trust you. But instead, the Bible says, just simply let your yes be yes and your no be no. And there is no shortcut to do that, right? There's no way that you can simply do that. It takes time to develop that kind of reputation. And to be a person who, who when you say yes, it means something and you're gonna be there. When you say yes to something, you're committed. When you say no to something, people understand that you're not going to be there. Like you say no to something, people understand that that means no. And that's actually such an important thing to, to be a person that, that your words have weight to them, right? And that's part of being this faithful, trustworthy, reliable person. It comes out of that, that spirit. You know, I think in order to have a strong yes, you've actually got to have a strong no, right? There's a difference between being committed and being overcommitted. 
I think a lot of us can be overcommitted to certain things, to, to all sorts of things, but it's actually because we're just really bad at saying yes to all, all these things, right? I know that's what it is for me. But if you want to have a strong yes, if you want to be able to just say yes and people know that that means something, that actually comes with having the ability to have a strong no, that you can actually say no to things. It took me a, it took me a while to learn that. Like I still feel like I'm learning that in myself, that it's actually okay to say no to things because, because I want to learn to prioritize the right things in my life, that I can't be committed to everything. And so I've got to, I've got to work out with God and with my family and with with this church community, what, what am I going to prioritize? What am I going to say yes to and I'm going to commit to no matter what? And then what are those other things that maybe I don't need to commit to? What are those other things that, you know, maybe aren't as valuable as these other things that I'm prioritizing? So, so to be able to have a strong no, to be able to, to, to be decisive on those things, you've got to have perspective, you've got to have purpose and work out what, what is valuable here and what am I going to commit to and what is not valuable and that it can fall by the wayside. Because if we just keep saying yes to everything, our words are going to lose their weight, right? They're going to just, people are just going to be like, oh yeah, they say yes to everything, but then they kind of like, they can't handle everything that they're given. But to be a person that when you say yes, it has a lot of weight to it. It's a tricky thing, but it, but it takes time. Just to finish up, oh, there's this great verse in 2 Timothy 2 verse 13. And it says this, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. Talking about God. For he cannot deny who he is. So if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. Who is thankful that God is faithful? Man, I am so thankful that God is faithful to me because I've been unfaithful to him so many times. I continually do the wrong thing and I continually am unfaithful to him, but he is so faithful with me. He continues to love me. He continues to pursue me. He continues to to offer me responsibility and, and opportunities and and all of this stuff, and He believes in me more than I believe in myself. God is so faithful with me, and I'm so thankful for that. And we have such a great Father who who sets an an incredible example of faithfulness. But, you know, this verse stood out to me in a different way this week. As I was reading it, I kind of saw it in a different light. You see, that God God doesn't base His faithfulness on on our performance. It's not based on that. The God has actually based His faithfulness on who He is. That's what it says. He can't deny who He is. God is faithful not because we've earned it, but because He actually, that's just who He is. He's a faithful God. And I I think, you know, I want to be like God, right? He's the perfect example. And if we aim to be like Him, He is the the best person we can model our life after, right? And so I want to be like Him and, and He is faithful, not based on how well everything is going, but He is faithful because it's who He is. And I want to be like that in myself, that, that my faithfulness doesn't depend on how other people are performing. My faithfulness to my wife doesn't depend on how well our marriage feels in that moment. My faithfulness to this church community isn't dependent on whether it was a good sermon that Sunday or whether the worship was great that week. My faithfulness doesn't depend on external things. My faithfulness actually is because I've chosen to be a faithful person, because I've actually chosen to be a committed person that I'm faithful based on those things. I'm faithful because I want to honor God with my life. I'm faithful because I want to be a blessing to other people, right? And so for me, it was just like kind of flipped it on its head where it wasn't just about God, but this verse is actually about me in the way that I want to be faithful, that we would be faithful not based on our external forces or external circumstances, but we just learn to be faithful people. When your friends betray you when they do the wrong thing, that you would be someone who shows them grace and shows them love. 
You know, I've had that in my life where I've betrayed people. I've betrayed those closest to me at times and they've shown me grace and love and, and it overwhelmed me, right? They reached out to me when they easily could have let me go. They easily could have dropped me, but they didn't. They, they embraced me in that moment and that meant everything to me, that we can actually be that for others. We can be faithful even when others aren't. It's definitely not easy. It's like the apple. It's not that exciting, but it's so important and it's so great and it's such a blessing to be like that. There is no shortcut to this. Proverbs says the trustworthy person will get a rich reward, but one who tries to get rich quick will get into trouble, right? To be a faithful person takes time, but there is blessing that follows it. To be a faithful person I think is exciting because we can start today. You don't get to be a faithful person today and then by next week you're gonna have all this responsibility, right? But you can choose to continue to make choices, to be faithful, to be committed. When you're serving here on a Sunday that you show up on time and you do the best that you can. When you, whatever you're committed to, that you're here and you show up and you, and you do that to the best of your ability. And faithfulness, and, uh, sorry, and blessing and reward and, and favor with God and man will follow you as you do that, as we live like that. Does that make sense? Okay, well, that's good because otherwise it was a waste of time. So, um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm excited for where our church is at the moment and where this community is and what we're doing together. I believe that God is raising us up to be totally different right? He's, he's, he wants to use us in, as an example to the people in our lives and that we could actually bring others to freedom. We can bring others to life because of the choices that we make in the way that we live. And I, I want to be a useful person. I don't want to make my life all about what I can get and, and how I can best suit myself. I actually want to spend some time thinking about how can I bless other people with the way that I live? How can I be useful to other people? Not how can I find useful people for me, but how can I be useful to others? And I believe that one of those most important things is to start with faithfulness. Learn to be a committed person. Learn to be someone people could count on. We're going to go into communion now, which is such an awesome opportunity to remember our faithful Father. That we can remember what He has done for us. That we can spend some time thanking Him for His faithfulness. That He doesn't give up on us no matter what we've done. No matter where we are. No matter what we bring to Him. He's always there. And He always loves us. And he's always the first one to reach out his hand. And I'm thankful for that. So this morning as we come to communion, it's, it's open for everyone. We welcome everyone to join us as we take the blood and we remember Jesus' blood that was spilled for us. Did I just say take the blood? Yeah, literal blood, guys. No, um, we take the juice as a symbol of the blood and we remember the blood that was, was shed for us, that Jesus' blood was poured out that we may be saved. And we take the, take the bread to remember his body that was broken for us and paid the price for our sins, right? And so we can do that this morning together and we invite everyone to come and we're just gonna remember Jesus together. We're gonna thank Him for His faithfulness and then we're gonna worship together as an awesome church community. So bless you, Restore Church and uh, take communion in your own time and, and just enjoy some time with God. Awesome.